This is the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilia and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? What's up is I am having a memory. <laughs> a memory, memory of <laughs> back in the day watching late night television. It didn't matter the show. Could be the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson because that was the only Tonight Show. The rest were posers. It could have been Late Night with David Letterman and that was the only late night. The OG late night talk shows. Okay. They had one specific guest that when you found out he was going to be on, not because there was a TV, uh, uh, like, a, like a, uh, uh, a guide that came up on the screen, it's because we got a, like a, a TV guide book. <laughs> when you found out that Robin Williams was going to be on one of those shows, it was never, just, just don't miss. Because what would happen is Robin Williams would take over that show. He was a guest. Right, but he wouldn't sit in the couch. He'd be bouncing on the couch. He'd be rolling over. He'd do everything wrong. He'd be, you know, sp- spilling David Letterman's coffee and talking a hundred miles an hour. Now we know it's because he was on cocaine, yeah. right? But <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm having that memory because of our guest today, not on cocaine. <laughs> where are we but going with the, this? <laughs> exactly. Where are we going with this? We don't know where this is going to go, and I'm fired up. So. Awesome. Yeah. Today we are joined by Robin Williams, the one and only <laughs> Brian. Brian Williams. Williams. Son of Robin. Yeah. Son of Robin. Son of the yeah. John Williams. Um, one of the John Williams. <laughs> yeah. The one that we all know, yes. not the. The one you know and love. Composer. Not the composer. <laughs> and so. this is Brian Williams, the pastor, not the t- news talking head. Right. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Who embellishes pastor, his uh, record. No, well, this is a different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that is your Facebook Can't profile. Say. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would be funny. There used to be this thing on Facebook uh, where they would like, hey, what's your celebrity look like? So I put Brian Williams, the news. And you don't there. look anything <laughs> like him. <laughs> Not at even a little all. bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Name alike. But we're, yeah. we're the same in nameness. So if you're just joining us, Brian um, is, first of all, a man of God. Mm. He is the husband to Leah. He is the son of John and Barb Williams, who are on our staff. Brian is a former staff member at the Tabernacle, but is currently the founder and lead mm-hmm. pastor of Restoration Church in yeah. Traverse City. So, yeah, there's some people might not know you. There yeah, are. Last, it's been a while. When I yeah. led worship on a Saturday night a couple of weeks ago, y'all should go to a Saturday night service sometime. <laughs> you didn't know anybody. <laughs> you never you? know who's going to be there, but the sound guy had no idea who I was. Yeah, he was I like, hey. Oh, Cool. Are you new here? Do you, you lead worship here often? I'm like, used to. And, and you're sitting there going, uh, I designed the soundboard yeah. you're sitting at. And I picked right. it out. I shopped for it. And then yeah. you got a tear. Yeah. yeah. Good to have you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Britain, your podcast voice is wonderful. <laughs> that was it changed. A, that was a backhanded slap at me because I sound like some sort of duck. No, no, no. Br- Britain, you have a, a podcast voice. I and then you have a your face. <laughs> So <laughs> a face made for podcasts. Yeah. And then we ruined it by yeah. going to video. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah exactly. That's yeah. why I wear a hat. People are like, man, he's so lazy. He doesn't do his hair. You saw it was under the shadow. Oh, but. I haven't. M- my wife still cuts hair for family and I haven't had a haircut in Love six it. weeks. Well, Good for you. welcome to the pod. This was originally your idea back in the day and then uh, COVID happened and now we're here. And so yeah. I'm pumped to have you on the podcast. We're going to dive into your change life story, which, uh, if you haven't listened to or have listened to Change Life Stories, essentially we're just going to long-form testimony of how God um, has worked in your life and uh, 
and where he's where he's at now currently and how he's moved through the ups and downs and and so I'm excited because you're uh you're a cool dude and uh cool. I'm excited to hear about your changed life story. So yeah, Tab Family this is Brian Williams changed life story. So the way we usually start these is uh we'll just hop in uh like growing up first few memories like right, you said it at the very beginning like what was it like growing up? Were you did you were you born and raised in church? How was that? Wasn't it born and raised in Georgia? Parents were uh, poor sharecroppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how did you know that's exactly where I was going to start? I was literally yeah. going to say I grew up a very poor boy in the South. Yeah. Uh, no, not we even loved close. football and peanuts. That's pretty much all that we did. My I, father was a peanut farmer. He was. Um, well, you we grew up in South Michigan or south of from here. South of here yeah, is kind of the middle. Sorry, you uh, go. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a little town called Lowell, Michigan. Now, yeah, it's weird to say Lowell, especially mm-hmm. on an audio podcast. So I know a guy named Lowell. Lowell. So you can get lazy with it. Uh, yeah, I grew up there. <laughs> We're off the rails already. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up there. Um, born and raised there. And didn't move out of that area uh, until we moved up here, really. We were always kind of in that surrounding area within... 45 minutes or so. So yeah, grew up there. It used to be a nice little small farming community. Uh, we lived like a mile from my grandparents' house. So we spent a lot of time there. Um, cousins all over the place, big family, uh, nine aunt and uncles. My mom was a family of nine. I don't know how many siblings my dad had. We weren't as close with my dad's family, but they were hog farmers. <laughs> so we didn't like going there because... Uh, sorry if you're listening to this. Because um, <laughs> you don't like bacon? Uh, we didn't like the smell of the pigs. Oh, ah, yeah. gotcha. The old gotcha, summer gotcha. smell of pigs. Nice. And you couldn't escape it no matter right. where you went. So, And they were all older. I think my dad's the youngest in that family. And so, uh, and my mom's almost the oldest. And so mm-hmm. on my mom's side, we all had cousins and stuff that were all our age. But on my dad's side, yeah, they were all my, old my cousins were like my aunt and uncle's age on the other mm-hmm. side of the family. So I didn't know who was who. Gotcha. Anyway. So, so big family, did you, uh, how many brothers and sisters did you have? God, asking all the hard questions. <laughs> uh, how many, I have one sister and I have one, two, three, four brothers. Uh, one of which, this is my first memory, um, was my brother passing away mm-hmm. when I was four. So was he younger or older than he you? He was younger. So okay. he was a twin to my younger brother. Uh, they were two when he passed away. So I was four. So that's my first memory. Um, and it was super traumatic too, right? Yeah, very. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I think your dad, if people have heard John Williams' Change right? Life Story, yeah. he talked about um, that that part of their life, is, especially him and your mom's story within that. So you were four, so it's probably just a traumatic time walking through that where you can, like, so we don't have to deep dive. It, no, that's but, cool. Yeah. Was that was that a confusing time, or was there much there? Or was I it... honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, here, here's what I remember. I remember the day it happened um, when he died. I remember that day. I remember it must have only been a few hours after that uh, in my sister's room with my grandma, and we were on the on her bed. Um, that's all I remember from that. I don't remember another thing from that, and then. After that, I don't know what age I was when anything else happened. So, <laughs> gotcha. yeah. so what those was good father, old trauma brains. Yeah. What was your father's job at that time? He worked at uh, this little company uh, called Amway. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, he went door to door. No, stuff. he oh. didn't do that. He worked in the warehouse. <laughs> he was a traveling salesman. He was with a, a briefcase hey, and a nice. Hey, I'd like to talk to you about a corduroy marketing suit. scheme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he had non-distinct um, office space that could be changed over immediately when the pyramid mm-hmm. scheme fell fell what through. Happening. We moved a few times. <laughs> That's uh, none of this is true. <laughs> none of this is true. No, he he worked. Uh, he started, uh, I think, when he was like eighteen as a janitor at Amway uh, in their facility making soap and stuff he didn't make the soap he just cleaned mm-hmm. with, with the soap, soap <laughs> that they made <laughs> that's amazing uh yeah and then he was there for i don't know 30 years worked his way up the whole corporate ladder became a supervisor and then um in 2000 i think it was 2001 he uh lost his job there was retired early as they like to say political correctness mm-hmm. has always been a thing right um so he was retired early and uh decided he wanted to go into ministry at that point so i was in high school at this time um he got his first ministry gig paid uh when i in 2003 okay so i was in high school i was graduating so did you grow up going to church oh yeah Sunday, yeah 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 i was in church since the day i was born i think i think I think I was born, and then we went to church that (laughs) next hour, I think, is is the way it worked. And did you like it, or was that like, uh, uh, what are we doing? Or did you not even know any different? You know, when I was just born, I didn't really know any different. But as I got older, uh, it started to, (laughs) I started to think, you know, I love church, but uh, I would go to these um christian rock concerts so i I grew up very baptist uh my whole family did that's how my mom was raised my dad wasn't raised that much he can tell you i'm Mm -hmm. sure he did tell you on the podcast uh he was not baptist growing up but my mom was so he decided he also would be if he wanted to marry her i think that's how it went they can fact check me later right (laughs) right uh and um so so yeah, I grew up very Baptist. We went to church every Sunday. Uh, every Tuesday was prayer meeting. Every Wednesday was youth group or Awana. Approved workmen are not ashamed. Um, that was the. That I've was never. The Did you guys do Awana? I've, I got kicked out of it. Uh, <laughs> I helped teach it, but I never knew what the letters stood uh, for. Yeah. Oh man, it stuck <laughs> with me. I thought it was like one of those old Hebrew words, like an obscure uh, Hebrew yeah. word for. Uh, we memorize Bible verses and do crafts. Yeah. I, I, I thought that's what Awana meant. Right. I went yeah. for dodgeball and snacks. Hey, but hey, Awana's done a lot of good, but I'm down. It has. Yeah. I'm down. Right. Are you starting Awana? No, no, no. Oh. no. <laughs> Tell me what it stands for again. Approved, Approved workmen are not ashamed. All right. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, a Baptist came up with that for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We love our acronyms and stuff. So, And then that person's son came up with bible man yeah who i saw bible man at big ticket and it was the most frightening thing i've ever I'm seen sure it was there was a grown man in a purple suit how are you guys still christians <laughs> <laughs> no this was as an adult and i, I was like i'm not gonna expose my kids to this <laughs> as a kid we had salty the singing songbook. oh what we had uh, i just want to say thank you to my mom and dad yeah for not making sure. me go through that <laughs> it was a pretty good experience i mean and my parents weren't like the super Baptist right. that you see where like you can't go to yeah. movies, you can't go to dances, you can't play with cards, play with cards. Although that was a little bit, um, they weren't allowed to on Sunday 
for gotcha. summer. Like yeah. you couldn't play cards on Sunday. But like we would go to movies. I remember <laughs> the one of one of the uh, I think the first PG thirteen movie I went and saw was Independence Day. And I was a scared little kid. I was always afraid of everything. And so um, my dad <laughs> sat me down before the movie. He was like, "You are not sleeping in our room tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dad. <laughs> and then you watched it, and, and you were like, like oh, I, I don't want to sleep in my parents' room. <laughs> yeah, so... So, uh, you, you, essentially, you were born in the heart of the Baptist ghetto. Oh, yeah, totally. And yeah, raised. Yeah. 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 So, we had, you know, music was a big thing for me. I didn't know it at the time, but music was a very big thing for me. Um, and and I and I would sing along to the songbook. Uh, I could kind of know where the you would go up here, like with the notes on the all the piano music. Um, I still don't know how to read music, but I knew that way went up, your voice goes up and then down. Uh, that was always a good time. Um, then I would get really, really bored during the message. Um, cause there was no such thing as cool tab kids or like, here's our mm-hmm. kids ministry program. You can go, we had nursery, uh, if you weren't old enough to sit in the service and you were a crying person. So I would like take a nap um, on my mom's lap. And so we would go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday. And sometimes my parents would clean the church too. So like my life revolved around school, football, and church and, and family. Like those were the things that we did. And, uh, so music was a big part of it. Um, piano, that was all that they, piano and organ. Um, oh, it was that Baptist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. wasn't hip with the kids Baptist. No, it was uh-uh. like nope, piano. Mm, that's like old school tabernacle. Yeah. Bringing in the sheaves, yep. bringing yep. in the sheaves. Mm-hmm. We will come rejoicing. <laughs> bringing in the sheaves. You're welcome, Tad family. Yep. First and... time I've sung in a long time. <laughs> well, Don't let Darcy hear this podcast. I am I've never been more flustered as a podcast host <laughs> of my life. Sorry, hearing all this microwave. stuff like vacation bibles like we did every every church thing like we were doing it. Yeah. Um and so like I remember the very first time we got drums in the church and they weren't be on stage. They had to be off to the side. Uh there was a lady that played the drum the drum <laughs> wait just can we one. just dissect that there was a lady who played the drum <laughs> and she wasn't was she, on the stage did she only have well, one like, stick i don't two? know she donk, just, it was donk. always very 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 light like not how yeah. a drummer should play and like i said was there I, also a can on the side <laughs> clank <laughs> right no you can't have cans in church so um <laughs> This is also why our staff got nothing done the entire <laughs> tenure that Brian was here. That, they had to put us in separate My meetings. entire goal from 2014 to 2020 was just to get nothing done. <laughs> no, it so. was to distract me and have a good time. Yeah, that so, is true. Sorry, Britain. Britain, my my deepest apologies to you. Oh, you're fine. Um, but you did say something earlier that I want to circle back to. So you grew up kind of in that yeah. Baptist ghetto, yeah. going to church every yeah time the doors were open sometimes being the ones that opened them to clean it and all that but then you hinted towards you went to some christian oh yeah rock concerts yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the music part so i i would listen to music and we couldn't listen sometimes we could listen to country and i don't i don't know why that was what we could sometimes listen to but sometimes we would put on the country radio station i was like yeah we got something sing along to garth brooks i'd sing the words wrong i didn't know what they meant um <laughs> but you know you're singing along because you're a kid and and uh 
this is kind of a long form way of getting to what I want to talk about, but I would be singing in the back of the van. This plays in later. And my siblings hated it when I would sing in the van. Like, and we would go on trips everywhere and I would always sing in the van and they'd be like, shut up. We don't want to hear you singing anymore. So like from the time I was a little kid, always singing in the car, I started getting this complex. Like, I better not sing because they don't like it when I sing. Just log that in your brain for later. I got All it. Right. Got it. Okay. Is that so? A, is that gonna be an Easter egg later? We'll uh, <laughs> in the second episode. Yes. We'll. Well, it'll all make sense later. <laughs> um. So we, yeah. So we we would listen to some of this other music and like the biggest band at the time was like DC Talk, Newsboys, and Audio Adrenaline. Like those were the big three of Christian rock music, and I would listen to it. My dad would take me to the concerts. My mom didn't really like that style of music, but we would. Go to the concerts. My dad and mom were both involved in youth ministry. Um, so they would take youth groups over there. They would miss Sunday night church sometimes Ooh. with the students. And we'd go to these concerts. And so I'm going to these concerts. And again, it's like DC Talk and whatever. And we would we would watch them. And, and it's a full band, like guitars, drums, uh, cool lights. Like everything was happening. And and I'm having the time of my life. And and I remember thinking, even like middle school, like, why can't the church be like this? Why can't, like, why do we have to come back to a piano and an organ? Why do we have, and, and, and from that young age, I just started questioning things of like, why are we doing this the way that we're doing it? And uh, we'll get back to that later too. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but that was, a, that was a big thing for me. And so um, like I joined the choir at church, um, but I wanted to make sure that I sang bass because I thought if you sang higher, you were girly. And so I was like, I got to be masculine. So I'm going to sing. I don't have a bass voice at all, but I tried. Um, but I sang in the choir in high school. Uh, and yeah, it was going to youth group, going to all of the things. I would, <laughs> I, um, I had a date with this, this girl. It wasn't my wife. It was before I met my wife. Um, and as a Baptist, like, your good idea for a good time is to do whatever the church function is. And it happened to be a Tuesday, which was prayer meeting day. So I took a girl <laughs> to <laughs> prayer, prayer meeting. meeting. Yeah. With all the old people in the Baptist church. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Smooth. Yeah. So I got a question. You, you had mentioned something, I think before the podcast Somewhere in there, did you have some type of a an, an experience where you gave your life to Christ? Oh yeah, or? sure. Yeah, I mean that was. Or is it kind of harder to pin down? Uh, no, there was a a, a certain time. I mean, you, you sort of. Um, I don't know. I heard Francis Chan talk about it probably the best way. Uh, you know, I was six years old when I said the prayer um, mm -hmm. to have Jesus come into my life. I was in my cousin's basement. And they're like, have you gotten saved? I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, you got to ask Jesus into your heart. Otherwise, you go to hell. I was like, okay, <laughs> I better do that. Yeah. And so, like I said, whatever that, that prayer was uh, when I was six. And then, like, immediately started berating my younger brother, Jerry. Like, you got to get saved. I remember one night, like, just, are you sure you meant it? Are you sure? <laughs> And Jerry's so, like, leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to sleep and then like moan it. in the morning because that's what I do. Uh, yeah. So, 
I got, yeah, so it was like six years old when I got saved. And then there were just moments along the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you start to deepen your faith. You start to understand more of who the character of God is, what he's done in your life, and what he continues to do in your life. So, yeah, six years old when you first kind of come into that understanding that Jesus died for our sins. And then um, growing up, like learning different things in, in middle school, high school, and then, you know, even adult. Like there's moments where it's like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, you rededicate your life to Christ, you walk forward, whatever, all of those things. So was there any, like, cause you were, you were saying like, you were questioning, like, why do we do it this way? Mm-hmm. Was there any moments like middle school, high school where you're asking those questions and it was affecting your view of God, but, or was it always just your view of the church? It was always my view of the church. Okay. It was always like, this doesn't make sense. Like why, why can't we play drums? Why can't our music be like that? Why can't we not wear a suit and tie? Like why, <laughs> like what's, why are these the things that we're we're sticking to? But it wasn't. So it was so you, never a, a salvation issue or right. a God issue. Or like it was associating always, those things to the character of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and then there was like a church that started. They're they're still going today, and they're a really awesome church uh, down in Lowell. Um, they took over the Wesleyan Church. The Wesleyans always had the best. Like they started the whole thing, right, John? What are you talking about? Started uh, what? Like, like the whole that was my cool. I know <laughs> the cool church movement. Like, in oh the yeah, late nineties. Like, they're yeah. like, we're gonna start resurrecting these these churches, small country churches, into something that's more modern and cool. So, right. and bringing um, in that devil music, yeah, with them devil drums, not wearing the tie. So yeah. we there was a church that did that in in Lowell, and uh, people started leaving the Baptist church, I think, and going there. Um, and, and I remember the conversations were always like, well, you know, they're, they're gospel light over there. They don't really preach the gospel. They're just very seeker friendly. Like all of these things we were accusing this church of because people were showing up at their church. It's like, oh, they must be doing something wrong because people are showing up there. <laughs> Nothing's changed <laughs> yeah, in right? the last 200 years of church history. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so, and, and, but I was always envious of, of that, like, mm. No, I think they're doing something right. I don't think that they're doing something wrong. Um, but I couldn't articulate that very well when I was a kid. It yeah. was just like, I don't, I don't know. They might be all right. Right. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I come from like Bible Belt, Oklahoma. And I remember there was this time of like First Baptist Church. And then we moved and like I didn't go to church very much. And then the next church I went to was like more of a drums on stage and stuff like that. And I would just remember like, I still didn't want to be there, but that's my own issues. And this isn't my story, but I do remember being those moments. Like, is there something wrong with this church? Like, are they doing something wrong? And it was just my perception because of how I had grown up in the church, but I obviously didn't have like those inklings of, no, maybe they're doing something right. But yeah, now, obviously, but, and that's something we even run into as a church um, in Manistee, which I think is interesting because it's a, very high Catholic population in Manistee, and then the churches that are there are very traditional. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that you meet somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor at the Tabernacle. And they like, they're so confused on like how we're a church or what are we? And I'm like, you should just come sometime. And like, oh, you guys are the rock and roll church. And I've stopped. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Okay. But it's just an interesting uh, thing whenever those things start to shift and yep. how tradition can seep into those things. And yeah, yep. it's interesting. Yeah. So was that, you're seeing, I'm assuming like your friends and stuff started going to church there? No, my friends all stayed at the okay. Baptist church. Like, uh, I, I was a kid who, um, 
I was pretty popular in the youth group, but I had a few really, really close guy friends. Uh, oh, we did the quiz team. Uh, that was, a, yeah, yeah. So you, where I never studied, I was there socially. And so like the most nerve wracking thing in my life ever, and I've been married, I've had children. The most nerve wracking thing for me was not making the, cause you had these little buzzers on the, on the chairs. And if you got up, that meant you had the answer to the question. I never had the answer to the question ever, <laughs> not once. Like I think I might still have the the Guinness World Record of never standing up for this thing. But the scariest thing was like, so you were on the Bible quiz team, but really you were just there was no qu. It was just is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just the time to hang out with my buddies. Yeah, and, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So um, and and go to all these different churches and whatever. Uh, but I was petrified of having to sit in that chair. And then accidentally like move and <laughs> and be called upon <laughs> and be like because then your your buzzer goes Brian off. Williams. Oh, this guy has the question. Has like, the answer. I, I just shifted. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do I do with my hands? I'm not sure what to do with my hands. So um, I don't remember what question you asked, but uh, well, I'm so there's so much like church here. Like, did you go to school? I mean, it's oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. So um, no, no, you, you didn't do anything wrong there. It's just you're there. Like you were right. You said football. School, right, and church. Yeah. But all I've heard is church, and so I'm like wondering whether there's any time there was for football practice. Yeah, we would do like we were all like we went to every high school football game. Gotcha. Um, we played football since we were like mm-hmm. your dad coached too, didn't he? Maybe a little. I thought is he that did. what he said in yeah. the podcast? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he was the equipment guy for a long time. Okay. Um, after uh, he was also on the chain gang when mm-hmm. he was in prison. Uh, <laughs> not- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said chain gang, and it reminded me. Uh, that's that's where you're holding the yardsticks. Yes. Uh, so in in football, we call that the chain gang mm-hmm. yes. for those uninitiated, John. Oh, I'm in, initiated. Okay, um, <laughs> touchdown, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So they were doing that, I and played then, freshman football. I know you did. Did you? It was a bad experience. This is not oh. my story. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was on that, and but yeah, it was it was our life. So I would stand on the sideline with my dad on the chain gang, and I got to move the clip along. Yep. Um, and I got crushed by high schoolers. I was like ten years old, eight years old, probably, and I'm moving the chain thing and not paying attention to what's going on around me, which is a dangerous thing when you're on the sideline. And I just got completely bowled over. And I just found the quickest adult I could find and jumped up into the <laughs> guy's arms like, ah, I'm hurt, uh, and was crying. But uh, yeah, so my dad did football, like that side of things. We were involved in it all the time. Like it's all I ever wanted to do. Like I wanted to be Barry Sanders growing up. Like that was my thing. My older brother, Mike, played football and he was really, really, really good at football. Like he was the star athlete, but wasn't a star athlete mindset. He just super humble guy mm-hmm. um yeah he was you know all conference team defensive back kick returner whatever and did track was super fast and i was just like man i'm never gonna live up to those expectations so i finally like right before my junior year i was like i'm out i'm not playing football because i'm not gonna be my brother and uh that was kind of like a continuing theme for me um was like I'm always not enough. Like that was for, and I don't know where that came from. I don't, I know it didn't come from my parents, but whatever it was in my little lizard brain was like, Brian's not enough. And that's, you know, 38 years old. Am I 38? I'll be 38 this year. And it's still 
that's still the driving force behind a lot of what I do is like, Brian's not going to be enough. Brian's not going to be enough. And it's just that little stupid voice that just keeps pestering your, your mind. So, yeah. So that was kind of, um, growing up, it was football school. And then if we weren't in football or school, it was all church stuff. Was your life consistent from church to school or did you? Yeah. The... Yeah. Okay. No, I, um, I was, <laughs> I was a rule follower too. Uh, which is kind of funny now, but um, yeah, I never strayed away from from that. I, I mean, outside of what every other 13, 14-year-old boy gets into. Um, when the internet's invented and your parents don't know anything about internet filters, and so you have to teach them um, as a 15-year-old, like, hey, <laughs> we should probably try to figure some of this stuff out because uh, yeah, it's the Wild West out there, yeah, <laughs> and I'm learning a whole lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't be learning right now. But uh, outside of that, like it was just, I was the same at school, at church. I was just Brian. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So coming out of kind of that high school, um, junior year, whenever you kind of have that moment of, well, I'm not going to be Mike, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be Mike. So was there a moment like of, well, who am I going to be? Or was it just, I'm just going to kind of do this thing and and find my way through it? Or was there like a shift of like, this is who I'm going to be? No, I don't think I ever planned anything out no. um i'm still that way <laughs> like let's just do something and then figure it out later uh yeah no there wasn't ever a plan um i thought i wanted to go into youth ministry i i met my wife my senior year and then um i was like you know what maybe i'll be a teacher maybe i'll do something but i wanted to do be involved in church and so i was like well and growing up baptist you can't be a lead pastor unless you're 80. So you've got to like, yeah. you've got to have 15 degrees and you've got to like, yeah, you've got to get the right seminary, the right. right letters behind your name. So the, the right people. And, yeah, yeah. The church hierarchy is like, you start as a youth pastor and then maybe this, and then maybe that. And then maybe someday you'll be a lead pastor once you've put in your time. And you so two years and then you're probably going to die. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I made it. Oh man. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I started, um, Jumping ahead, I, and, and so I had those those. There were three guys that uh, were from the church that were all older than me, but we all heavily invested in, in each other and looked out for one another. And like those three guys were the were the guys that I was with, um, and they kind of kept me from everything else. So, um, do you want me to smile real quick? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. That was that. That was kind of the upbringing. Like I yeah. didn't stray from from Jesus. I didn't stray from the church. I never like it was always a part of what I did. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, okay, so let's do youth ministry. So my dad became a pastor at a small Bible church in Clarksville, Michigan, which was about twenty mm -hmm. minutes away from Lowell. You've been there, John. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> John, you were there, and <laughs> yeah, we uh. So so I was going to uh to school. I went to Grace Bible College for a semester. I went to community college because I had a scholarship and then so I was there for a year and a half and then I went to Grace Bible College for a half a semester. Now this was before there was any sort of online classes or anything like that. The other Baptist thing is you get married young. You just like because dudes want to get married, right? right? And so uh so like I'm I don't remember how old it was 2000 
five. You were 17. I was 17. <laughs> 2005, got married. Yeah, I got married in 2005, so two years after high school. Uh, Close, you were 20. <laughs> I was 20 years old. Leah had not yet turned 20. She was going to turn 20 in like two months. Um, I was turning 21 in a month, um, and which didn't matter to us or me because Baptist, right? You don't... Right. Who cares if you can't drink at your wedding? Because you can't drink anyway. So, <laughs> um, so we were we were twenty and nineteen when we got married, and then uh, I was like, "Well, this was before internet school or anything like that." So like, I guess I'm not going back to school, and uh, so I just started working, and then I was interning um, as a youth ministry support, and then my dad needed help. Uh, as doing youth ministry at the Clarksville Bible Church. So I, at the ripe age of 21, um, decided to take on the youth group at um, Clarksville Bible. And uh, I was like three years older than (laughs) some of the kids. And so started doing youth ministry and realized pretty much really quickly that I was like, boy, I really don't like youth ministry that much. Um, because I just don't like high schoolers and middle schoolers are not my favorite people in the world. Sorry, Benji. Um, <laughs> oh, he's high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no offense taken. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so so I did that, and then they needed... I, I was playing guitar, um, uh, but never really leading worship. I would lead the worship band, but I never led worship we started a second service that was more contemporary so this mm-hmm. one we did traditional service contemporary service and that the two shall never meet um and you can't do a mix and it's just let's keep them separated we would do like once a month we would do a sunday night thing where it was even more rock and roll and mm-hmm. it was pretty wild so so you're playing i was playing guitar, guitar but you're not singing i was not singing because you're because of siblings. my childhood Said, see, callback, see how that went? Yeah. So I grew up all of like high school and stuff thinking that Brian can't sing because obviously if I could, my siblings wouldn't have told me to shut up in the, in the van. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't until it had been a couple of years. I was leading the band, but not leading the, the the vocal, Mm -hmm. the worship part of it. And so I was saying, no, do this, uh, drummer. I don't, you're great. Whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. Here's key. Like, Let's make this sound really good. And then um, got actually a really good band going. And then we were walking out, <laughs> typical musician. So this was in Clarksville. Grand Rapids is probably a good 45, 50-minute drive away. And, and one of the guitar players uh, didn't have a ride and couldn't drive because they didn't have a car. So we would take the church van, go all the way out there on a Thursday night, pick him up, and then come back to for, for rehearsal, and then drive him all the way back home in the church van and then come back. And so we had a lot of drive time together just to hang out. And I remember one night we were walking out to the van, and I was singing along to a Chris Tomlin song, whatever the song was that we were going to be doing that weekend. And the guy who was leading worship at the time, he was like, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you singing? And I was like, well, you know, I can't sing. And he was like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you should. You should. You should try leading it sometime. And so, like, I don't know. It was like three weeks later. I think I I led the a song for the first time. Again, no plan. Like this is just okay. Here's what I need to do. Um, and so I did it. And when I started doing that, I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing something like this. And so 
So the people in the church didn't say, stop saying. They did not. They actually joined in. (laughs) So uh, that was good. Yeah. And from there, just kind of kept growing. Um, See, I could see just that part of your change life story. Like we could probably make a movie with Kirk Cameron playing the part of Brian Williams. (laughs) Think? I mean, he's a little bit older. I mean. Okay. Kirk Cameron's son. Okay. (laughs) I threw you off with Kirk there, didn't I? Well, I was just, I mean, you know, I was hoping maybe somebody like Ryan Reynolds or bro, bro, <laughs> it's got to be. You forgot. This is a Christian ghetto movie. This is brought uh, to you oh, by the makers of man. This is going to be on Pure Flix. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Pure Flix. This is brought to you funded, yeah. by the makers of Fireproof. Yeah. 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 Great. Sorry, brother. Um, no, that is a cool story, though. Yeah. So, so you start, so now you're leading worship. So your confidence is going. Yeah, sort of. Or it's starting to rise. Yeah, but I'm still, it's still that idea that Brian's the worst thing about this still. And mm. so it, it never, I I always assume I'm the problem. Uh, Which again, I don't know where that comes from. It's okay. This is our podcast. We can have therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can We're we, going to listen without judgment yeah, thank and you. offer strength and hope. So that was... <laughs> That was good. <laughs> that was our staff meeting last week. <laughs> oh, there you go. Lovely. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I always uh, just assumed I was the problem, and um, no matter what it was, like, the, and and there were people starting to show up for that second service, the more contemporary one. We actually started to fill the church up, um, hmm. and and it started to get bigger. But I still, I've only, been there. Yeah. <laughs> But I still only thought, no, there's not enough, and mm. I'm doing something wrong. Like, mm. I'm I'm the issue here. Like, Jonah and the whale. Like, I'm I'm not doing something right. You know, like, uh, so I got to get thrown overboard because then then yeah, it's really gonna take off, right? So did that ever? So I'm just trying to think through this. Like, how did that in your relate, like your personal relationship with God and and all of that? How was that sorting through all of that? Was there any time of like, man, what like did that did the gospel ever feel like not real for you or like you weren't good enough for the gospel or did any of that stuff ever occur in the midst of all that? Um, maybe not completely connected, but you know, growing up in a Baptist church, right. it's like do all of the things if you mm-hmm. want God to love you. Like this is what you do. It's kind and of that so performance it was very, based acceptance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um. But we all know who we are right. uh, on the inside. And so I was like, well, obviously I'm not good enough mm. to be doing any of this stuff. So um, I, again, like Jonah, like he was disobeying God. So they had to throw him overboard and then they could finally get on their way. And I always felt like I was Jonah needing to get thrown off the, the boat mm. uh, in order for it to really take off and succeed. So I honestly thought even though i was doing a lot for the church i assumed that when i left it was going to explode like it was just that i was the thing holding it back um kind of the opposite happened uh but still it was just those were always the things that went through my head yeah. it was like brian's gonna be the and where were you working at the time so you've got a family you got a yeah. wife or, the, or you know kids coming along oh yeah you, you were yeah you were married young, yeah. kids started coming young, yeah. and then you're working where? I was working for a monument company at the time, oh. originally, okay. when I first got married. Right. 
curveball. Right. <laughs> but then when you were um, when you were moon or when you were leading worship at that church, were you not like so a, I was a sound and light? I, eventually, kind of? I did that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but originally, uh, we were just making gravestones. Is all <laughs> was was my job was to do that, which was really fun. Um, <laughs> look at all these people dying! Wow, uh, it was great. Um, and then then uh, I was managing a band at the time, uh, a buddy of mine's band, kind of doing multiple different things always involved in music and uh we did a gig where this new sound company came in um av rental company and like installation company they were just getting started uh they came in and did the sound for us one time and we got talking with the sound guy and he was the owner and so we started having more and more conversations and so um in the winter time we would get laid off from the monument company because nobody die nobody winter. dies in the winter. Okay. And so uh it's a little fact, I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew that or not, but just look it up. It's fine. Uh and people are like, "Well, I don't think that's <laughs> I think I'm remembering history wrong." Um so we started uh we started talking with this guy. So during the time that I was laid off, I would do some work for them. Um and then it just kind of started growing more. I went on the sales team and then one of the most wonderful things happened uh, with the monument company. The guy who owned the company knew that I wasn't in it. Like he was like, you're not meant to be doing this. <laughs> um, I've had two people say that in my life. One was my brother when we were doing drywall. Uh, he was a drywaller and <laughs> I did that when I first got married until Carson was born. Uh, I was like, I need to find a new job. Who so was I, the coolest kid ever? Carson. Yeah. yeah no yeah. offense to your other kids. Love Jordan. Love your girls. Right. But Carson's cool. Yeah. Carson's a cool dude. So we, um, uh, I just lost route. Oh, so the guy at the the monument company, he was like, "You're not going to do this." Um, and then uh, so he's like, "We're going to lay you off. That way you can collect unemployment." I know you're not getting paid except for like sales things, like if you sell a job or whatever at this company. So do that, and then here we go. Um, so he allowed me to do that. I collected unemployment, and I started working for this AV company where there was four of us, and uh. It just started growing rapidly. Like we started getting more gigs um, to run sound for. We started doing installs and like it just, it just snowballed and got huge um, in a span of like three years. And then, so I, I was in sales and I started designing systems for churches, mm. which is where our story intersects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what happened? Well, the short version from our end is somebody knocked over some bubbles yep. on the uh, soundboard that we owned. Yeah, there was a kids event going up here on here in T1s before that's we built T2. That's why we can't T2. have haze. No, no, that's a separate <laughs> issue. That's a separate issue. Yeah, so somebody, um, there was a bubble machine, I think it was, that was balanced on the edge of the soundboard. This is why, you know, if people wonder why our sound booth, I guess that's what you call it, uh, doesn't have a flat top, so you can't put your coffee cup there and ruin the soundboard. So someone did that, and then uh, we got a hold of uh, somehow your company, and that's how the relationship began. I guys, yeah. because um, way back then, this would have been in like 2012, uh, we were talking about, oh no, it would have been 2013, because I got fired from that job in 2013. The company grew so fast that like we were just putting ourselves wherever we could. I somehow wound up as the operations manager of this company, and uh, two things I don't do well, 
operations and management. Like <laughs> if I like if you put me in anything remotely close to management or operations, like it's going to fail. And uh that was seems like a good fit for lead pastor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Uh, so, um yeah, so we so I I got fired from that job. Um and the guy who fired me, like this management, it's a long story. A management company came in because the company was bleeding money. Management company came in, cleaned house. The guy who was from the management company um, met with me and was like, why aren't you doing full-time ministry? And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so important at this church right now. I was, I was preaching every once in a while. I was leading worship. I was on the board. At the Clarksville Bible. At the, yep. Still all there. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I was like, if I left, no one, who, who would do the things that I'm doing? And the guy was like, oh, okay, so. Uh, God can't fill your role then. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Stop it. Uh, so I was like, okay, maybe full-time vocational ministry is what I'm supposed to do. And so I started pursuing that. But in the meantime, I met another dude. Uh, this was when I first started getting the idea of like, I want to plant a church in a brewery. I've never been in full-time ministry before. I've never done anything like this before, but I think I should lead a church right now. Uh, I didn't go to school for it. I'm just like, like again, this is me like, Let's just see what happens, yeah. right? And so, like, I started having conversations with people. I would go. Um, I was working on this for this awful company um, that just weren't great. Uh, but I was going to meet with all these churches for AV stuff, and like with every church, I would talk about AV for about five seconds, and then start talking about this brewery <laughs> church idea with them. And they're like, "Oh, cool! You should talk to this guy named Kevin because Kevin, um, this would be something right up his alley." And so I met this dude named Kevin at Founders Brewing in in Grand Rapids. And uh, we started chatting about that. And he was like, I own an AV company. Why not in the meantime, and while you get this thing started, why don't you just come work for me at the at, at my AV company? It's just me and one other guy right now, and we keep it small and, and, and mm-hmm. light. And I was like, okay, I've done that before. So another startup AV company, why not? But they were going to pay me. So I was like, cool. And so our office was in his basement. It was fun. Um, and so for the next year, I was back into sales things, and that's when I got a hold of the tabernacle. I just started looking uh, at architects and builders who were building church buildings, and one one company uh, had all of their projects listed on their website. <laughs> so I was like, well, here we go. And so I just started emailing them, and uh, one of them was the tabernacle in Buckley, Michigan. I was like, I don't know what this place is, but I'm going to find out if they need anything. And then that coincided with the bubble machine. Mm-hmm. And then I started meeting up here. And then I was like, there's something so weird about this place in a good way. Uh, like, why are there this many people um, coming to a church in a town this small? Very similar to the town that we were in at the time mm-hmm. in Clarksville. Like, you know, three, 400 people. And there's a church of 400 people in in mm-hmm. this town. Like, that doesn't. We're only at like 165 where we're at. So what are we, again, mm-hmm. what are we doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? So mm-hmm. we get need to, find, need to find out some more information from them. And so that's when uh, we brought the lead pastor, my dad, the secretary, all came up and visited with you guys. Yeah, we had hours. a real interesting combo. And then I remember, I can't remember, it was a couple months later? or Yeah, week, it would have yeah. only been like a couple months later. Um, then they invited me me to come down and speak. Yeah. It, so it was actually a on, fire. on on the way down, the lead pastor was like, sorry if you're listening to this, you're probably not. Um, he was like, uh, we, you know what we really need is for that guy, John, to come down and speak to the congregation about what we need to do. <laughs> like, yeah, that was weird. 
Oh, we did it. Okay. We were like, okay. <laughs> so I contacted yeah. you guys and I'm like, uh, do you guys want to come down and speak at our church for yeah. us? And so you did, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I was leading worship at another church at this point, one that I we were doing AV stuff for, and we were kind of flirting. I was finally getting paid a couple hundred bucks a week to come and do their music for them. I was the interim worship leader for them. Um, we were having some conversations like, should I, I interviewed for their full-time worship pastor position. But for both of us, the lead pastor and me, we were both like, I don't think this is right for us, Um, which is kind of cool. Like we were just listening, both listening to God at the same time. It would have been easy for them just to hire me. And it would have been easy for me just to take that gig, even though I didn't connect very well with the church very well. I don't think the lead pastor and I, we could have worked together fine, but just we knew it wasn't going to work. So we were in a Starbucks and we're like, let's just not do this. Like, Cool. So then I led worship. This weekend, I just happened to be there that weekend. Um, when I'm speaking at your or that your you dad's came and church, spoke at my and, dad's church, I and led you're worship. leading worship. Yep. And there was some confusion on our end because uh, one of these was not like the other, meaning that Brian Williams is like, okay, this guy's hip with the kids. Uh, he's leading. You know, I mean, at that time we were we had an interim worship leader ourselves, and we were like, oh, we need somebody bad, and. Um, so there was definitely the radar was on. It's like, oh, this, this might be the guy. But I didn't know all the players. Like, I thought you worked there full time. I didn't realize that you were just filling in that day. And so there were some other elements of the service that I'm like, if he's a creative arts guy, I'm not sure. <laughs> there was some sort of, uh, oh, I remember there oh, were man. there were beach balls hanging from the ceiling. And then there was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus painting in the corner yep. or behind. Beach. And then the best part was the interpretive dancers. Um, that did a presentation with a cassette tape, I think, or either or what a CD. Year was this but hold, this yeah. would have been 2013. Cassette yeah. tape? No, yeah. 2014. Was yeah, they were ready to start, and then they were all in position, and then the lady had to go back and start well, it. Well, here's, here's the best part about that, uh, is we're on stage ready to get started with the service when she comes up and says, by the way, <laughs> there's going to be an interpretive dance We're thing. doing a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, like right now, <laughs> yeah. So you're standing there so awkwardly standing going, like, "Okay, there's." Yeah. I'm sure you hid your awkwardness really uh, well. Oh, too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the best at that. Uh, so I'm on stage, and we've got the band with us, and then like these interpretive dance girls are in front of me. So all I see is their backside, and I'm like, "Where am I supposed to look right now?" Like. I want to look like I'm interested. I'm not 100%. I'm checked out of everything happening right now at this church service, but I'm just like, I'm just looking around like I've never seen the ceiling. So, you know, it's just like, this is the weird. And then they left and then we did our thing. Yeah. So I think it was uh, later that spring, probably around May, I was actually gone and we needed a guest worship leader. And so our staff, guys that were interested in brian he came up and led worship and then my phone uh started blowing up i I was i was actually a speaking event and sorry to give details people listening may not be interested in but it's just cool how as it just so happened the way it worked is um uh people started saying this guy there's a connection like he immediately connected our people with god our people with him and i don't know all the stuff that God had going on in your life at the time, but it was a godsend. Mm. I mean, up until that moment, um, we'd never had somebody with heart like David that could get up there and lead us in worship 
with excellence, who could sing, <laughs> and who, you know, students thought all sounded like John Foreman, you know, from Switchfoot, you know, and looked like him too. And it was kind of this whole deal. And so then the wheels started turning, and it wasn't long after that that we asked you if you might be interested in. I mean, there was a hibachi visit down oh, yeah, in Grand Rapids, <laughs> but what was, I mean, short, short of all those things, like all the nuts and bolts, what was God doing in your heart, you and Leah both, to yeah. be like, we're going to leave the only place we've really ever known, the Grand Rapids area, and, and step into full-time ministry up here? Yeah. Um, this is both a blessing and a curse for, for both of us. Um, my wife puts up with so much. Oh, I thought you were going to say the tabernacle is both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> no, for no, both no, no, of no, 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 no. Here's the blessing and the curse is I am so naive about just about everything. Uh, like, like I said, like quitting football and doing whatever. Like, I don't think two steps ahead. I don't think five. Ste- I don't even think one step ahead. I'm just <laughs> like, what should we do now? And Leah has been amazing through our entire marriage of just being like. I guess this is what we're doing now. <laughs> like, and she's always been on board. Um, she'll speak up if she if she's like, no, don't do that. And but nine times out of ten, she's always like, yeah, this seems good. Like we've always walked in step uh, together, her and I. Mm-hmm. And um, every major decision that we've made, we've never had a long conversation about it. And it's just been like, yeah, this is what makes sense for us. Like this is the next thing. Let's go do it. Um, so that's both a blessing and a curse because it's great because I don't have to think about it. It's a, it's a curse. Cause then I'm like, what did I just do? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, uh, we came up here and led worship the very first weekend in May. So, uh, it was like May 2nd or 3rd as a guest or as a staff, as member? a guest, okay. as a guest worship leader. Um, and I remember the, that Sunday morning, uh, driving in, it started snowing. In May. In May. And we're like, we're only two hours south of here, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my world. Why is it snowing right now? Uh, But we're like, whatever. Okay, cool. Snow in May. Ha ha. Glad we don't live here, right? And so, um, (laughs) but then, then like, I don't know, a week or two later, um, you, you guys contacted me. You guys had a student ministries pastor that was leaving as well, like at in June, I think, or July, August, I don't know. But he had announced that to mm-hmm. the staff that he was going to be leaving. Um, and so then you guys called called us to ask if we would interview, and we're like, sure. Um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sold on this brewery church at Founders right now <laughs> without any sort of idea of what we're doing, but let's go see what's happening up there. And, um, I don't want to say this for, for everyone, but for us, it's when, when we sense God speaking to us, it's, it's a, it's a, I, I, I don't want to call it a feeling, but it's a, it's a feeling that we, we both have, like, this is the next thing. So when we sat down and, and chatted with you, we felt like it went really well. It just felt like it was the right thing for us to do. Um, we hoped you felt the same way. Uh, and on the way home, it was like, yeah, this is this is really cool. If it happens, we had just bought a house a year ago um, in Lowell, like in my favorite town. Fa- like I loved that house. I loved the property. I, I loved everything. When we bought the house, I was like, this is it. 
<laughs> we're not moving from this place ever again. Uh, and and then everything started breaking down. Like bad things started happening. Um, it was a country song. Like my dog died, uh, <laughs> lost my job. Like all those things just started happening. And um, we were just God was just preparing us that whole year that we had that house. He's like, oh, you think this is your your forever home? Your furnace is going to go out. Your dog's going to die. When you buy the house, you're going to lose your job. Like all of these things, like don't get comfortable here right. uh, because I've got something else for you. And so, um, yeah, so we did that interview thing and I believe it was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I got I got the job offer from Mr. Jonathan Wright Vermilia. Uh, Present. Who was in a tent camping in his backyard with his son, Benjamin, who was just a wee little lad at that time. <laughs> and by, by some miracle, we were still up at like 11 PM and I get a text message <laughs> from John. I probably still have it somewhere. I'm trying to get deals done, man. You text and, job oh, offers late at night. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> hey, do you want to come join the misfit toys up in Buckley? <laughs> and I was like, Yep. <laughs> uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, we moved up here awesome. June, t- end of June. Mm. And that, everything 2014. changed. Everything changed for the better. Yes. Yep. Seriously, t- Tab went to a whole nother level. Darcy and I made lifelong close friends. You lived at my house for the first couple months. That yeah, was fun. that yeah. was interesting. No, I, I, what was, I talked uh, about- uh, no, it, well, it was fun it was for us. Awesome. I don't no, know about for no, you. No, the entire for, experience yeah. moving up here was incredible because, um, so we've got four kids. Elena was eight months old, nine, ten, I don't know, some somewhere in months, not yet years. And uh, we moved up here. We were able to stay in, Leah's aunt and uncle had a cottage in mm-hmm. Cadillac that we were able to stay at for free. The only problem was every once in a while they would text us and be like, "We've got people coming up this weekend that they're going to stay at your uh, at the cottage, so you guys have to get out." Like, <laughs> oh, all right, cool. I mean, what can we say? We're staying for free, right. whatever. So we would go and leave. I don't even. We probably stay with you guys. I would imagine. I don't remember exactly where we would stay. It was us. Yeah, yeah and cool. so we'd stay for the weekend and then go back home. Except one time. Leah had all the kids in tow. She was going to go to the grocery store. She got all the groceries at uh, down in Cadillac, and she goes to pull into the driveway of the cottage, and there's cars still there. This is like Sunday at like 7 p.m. We're supposed to be back in the cottage, but there were cars still there. And so she calls, and she's like crying on the phone because we've been nomads now for two months. Mm-hmm. We're trying to buy a house. It's taking a long time. And she's like, I don't know what we're going to do, whatever. And so... John and Darcy were like, just come back over here. And so we did for two weeks. <laughs> we went back it was over awesome. there. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. we did too. It was great uh, because now we're not driving 30 minutes to get to work. We're right in Buckley and I get to hang out with John, um, which is every staff member's dream. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Right, John? <laughs> I hate you right now. Robin Williams is in the room. No, you did it wrong. What? Oh. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so 
I get to become best friends with John Vermilion uh, <laughs> immediately. Like within three months, John and I are are thick as thieves and thick as thieves. Uh, and so that was that was awesome. Um, and then and then another house became available. Uh, so we stayed there for a month. Oh, there was a week where we stayed. I, I don't know why we did this, but there was a week where we stayed um, in a camper uh, in the what is now the parking lot of T2. <laughs> that is true. Uh, there, the, it was just, not just, with us. Used to just be that was no, yeah. that was just our family for a, for a week. So um, we had water hookup and stuff. Yeah. But it, yeah. So we stayed in a camper for a week. We were traveling back and forth between Cadillac and Buckley, and then John's house, and then. This other house, we, school was starting, so we finally found another place to, to rent for two months, and then we finally got to move into our house. So from June until Halloween, we were just trying to figure out Where what are we doing. Yeah. But it was awesome because then I was finally doing something that like God had put on my heart a long time ago to be in like specifically vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. uh, and you were leading youth. And you were also I was doing leading worship. Yeah, it was yeah. a big job description. Yep. But I just remember you brought, and still do, a real joy wherever you go. And it's cool to see, despite the fact that the the messages that you struggled with are early on, mm-hmm. um, and that right, and you've been authentic and honest and said that you still struggle with them. But hundred yeah, percent. I think all of us, deep down, if we're men and we're honest, every man wants to know. Does he measure up? Hundred percent. And there's this little voice that says, "Are you good enough or mm-hmm. not good enough?" And there's different ways that that comes out. Yeah. And some it, it's more extreme than in others. But you're a very introspective guy, which is a good thing. Um, as like what God, God, what are you doing in here inside my heart? And yeah. so, what what I remember is um, just a real passion that you brought, not just to leading worship, um, but. You were attractional. Students wanted to go to Firehouse again, wanted mm-hmm. to go to Foundry. Not that they didn't want to before. I mean, we had the unique opportunity of your predecessor uh, in student ministry yeah. had already submitted his resignation. He wanted to go back to seminary. It wasn't a bad departure. Right. But I've never heard of a situation where the outgoing student men guy and the incoming student men guy actually overlapped for a month or yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. And you actually kind of worked well together. We did. Yep. And I remember Zach going, oh, kind of wish I could be on the same team with him. And it's yeah. like, there's no more salary cap room. So right. you, you're committed. No, he, he didn't try to get out of what God was calling him to do. But it yeah. was just cool, you know, yeah. just having you part of the squad for so many years. You introduced us to so many people. You pushed us in ways I wasn't ready to be pushed. Yeah. Um, he has a weird habit, if he sits next to you in a staff meeting, <laughs> of flicking, grabbing, or rubbing your earlobe. Yes. Just to get your attention. He'll and yeah. In local coffee shops, he still in does. local coffee he shops. Still does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you yeah. like flick it off. You're like, oh, and it's I a real seen human. Brian in months, and uh, it's a instant, instant. There <laughs> yes. it is. Yes, that's yes. his handshake. Yeah, our random whistles mm-hmm. or hums and yes, yeah. John would. You still with me? Yeah, <laughs> hey, Brian, hey, Brian, 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 <laughs> Brian, Brian. You there? You there? Yeah. You there? Hello. And yeah. you're like, oh, I was doop do do. Right, which yeah. is which is really great for me now because. Um, I preach in a brewery that is filled with pinball machines. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many lights and so many dings and so many things happening. We had to turn all of them off. Uh, and, and it's just it like, yeah, distraction is always an issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just my mind just, yeah. there it goes. 
So in the midst of all that transition and change and stepping into what you feel like God is calling you to, mm-hmm. you're bouncing around all that stuff. What, um, just kind of coming back to that change life story piece of that, like in your personal relationship with God, is there just a joy, like a new desire just to be closer to him? Like I'm in vocational ministry now. Was there a point, like what was going on in the midst of all of that while all that other stuff's going on? Yeah, that was all, uh, unicorns and rainbows. Right. <laughs> uh, when you first start out, you're like, Oh my word, I'm, I get to call myself a professional musician. <laughs> I get to study the Bible. Uh, in my again, I'm very naive right. person, and so like coming into the gig, it's like I, I get to practice music, study the Bible, and just hang out with people. <laughs> this is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, and that's a, a a large part of it, but it's not all of it. So, um, man, I yeah, during that time, it was just like I'm finally doing what have been wanting to do for a really long time That's but cool. never could put words to what I actually want to do. When I growing up, see so my my dad worked at Amway and then he just volunteered at the church and so uh, I just assumed like that was unless you were the lead pastor, that was all you you got, ever got to right. do. And so I just assumed I had to become an accountant. Uh like it never crossed your mind like oh I could just become a right musician in the Because yeah. because I didn't want to be the guy doing this on right. Sunday morning yeah. all the time, yeah. just conducting right. the, the, the music. I don't know how to play piano. And so I'm not going to be this guy with a suit and tie standing behind the pulpit. Like, that's just not going to be me. And so it never clicked in my mind that I could do that. And um, and, and, and I don't talk the same I'm way so that the guys that, ever do that. <laughs> right? I don't talk the same way as the old guy that's preaching right now. Like right. So I'm not ever going to be able to be that. So I might as well be an accountant. I don't know why I picked accounting. Uh, that was just like, this is what I, I hate number. I hate all of things in, in, in accounting. accounting and do. I frustrate my accountant now because I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> can it's you explain this like a, a third grade year? Yeah. yeah. What is Michael Scott? He's like, just pretend you're explaining this to a fifth <laughs> That's grader. me. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Only less. Like, he's oh, like, I need hilarious. you to do this, this, and this. I'm like, I don't know what you're asking. I know. Please stop. We get like the monthly reports. Yeah. And after this podcast, I asked Beth on Tuesday, I said, hey, you've been sending me an email for about a year. <laughs> I don't know how to read it. Right. <laughs> Could you teach me how to read that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I thought that was supposed to be in my life. Right. And so, so then all of a sudden to be like, because this was a very, very short time that this happened. I mean, like from being up here the beginning of May to getting the job offer by the end of May, then to being there in June, like all of a sudden, like we were right where we wanted to be, where we thought God wanted us to be. And so like in that time, it was like, I don't have to be an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can do this. And so it was just, it was like pure freedom. That's awesome. That's awesome. So your time is a tab. You make lifelong friends. Yes. Uh, you've actually, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I want to get to the change life part. Your life is changing. You're starting to realize God is using me, not just as a musician. God has also given you opportunities to speak and preach, not just with students. Mm-hmm. T2 is built. Yep. You're bringing more and more just through your networks, your, people in joining our, our creative arts team, including Victoria Hughes yeah. and her husband, Lord Matthew Corey Hughes and a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
but there's this kind of holy discontent Mm -hmm. to use a ghetto term. There's this, there's something else. There's like, uh, does it have to be this way? Yeah. Yeah. Talk us through that, man. The part you want to share. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, essentially what I'm asking you to do is share what led you to break up with me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Traitor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So it was, and, and, and part of this is, uh, is Leah's story. So maybe you'll have to have her on some point to let her share her side of everything too, because, um, there, there's a large part of that as well. Uh, when T2 was built, um, that was, uh, a huge undertaking, uh, for all of us involved. Um, and, and like the weeks leading up to it, uh, we were so busy with getting everything together, um, uh, making sure the sound system worked. Like I remember like we'd be leaving by, you know, 11 p.m., mm, a lot of nights getting getting things ready for it. And at the same time, um, I know she, she won't mind if I share all of this. Um, my wife started having panic attacks and a lot of anxiety. And, uh, and there's a lot of deeper things that go into that, that, we don't need to yeah, there's get nobody's into, business. But, yeah. Yep. So so there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um and uh I was starting to to get more and more tired. Um uh ministry's and, getting bigger, yeah, faster, yep, pace is increasing, yep, the demands are increasing. Yep. We gotta get six weeks out, eight months out. I was part of that. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And and it was And we didn't have the staff for it. Well, you didn't have a secretary, <laughs> we didn't have budget for that, you right. know. Yep. Still running on a shoestring. Yeah. And and when we started, like when we started here, it was, there were three guys in the band. It was Marcus Burgess mm-hmm. and Charlie and Todd and me. That was, that was the band. Uh, I don't even know who the tech team was. Um, Mr. Mustache, Steve Arnett, and <laughs> uh, a couple others. Ben Brown was mm-hmm. part of the tech team. But that was about it uh, as far as like the creative arts team. And in the span of, six years or well it would have been less than that it it would have been probably three or four years like we had all of a sudden grown this team uh so we're now i'm i'm spending much more time um in front of the computer working on programming working on um making sure volunteers are scheduled all that kind of stuff and a lot less time just being around people and um yeah and so it, it it started to shift a little bit for me um, but I never, I never had a sense of like, no, I need to leave. Um, I remember I've, I've always been drawn to, uh, what, what new things can the church do? Um, and, and how can we reach people in a different way? And the tab was absolutely 100% a part of that. Like that was the, probably the biggest reason outside of John Vermilion that I, <laughs> <laughs> That I moved up here, and uh, oh, I thought you were going to say moved away. <laughs> no, 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 that we moved up here. Um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, and I remember I, I had this meeting with with you. We would meet every once in a while, 
Um, and early on, I had gotten a copy. I don't know how I did it. It was on the internet somewhere um, of of the amount of people that were in the Buckley uh, area code, 49620, like that area code. How many people are in this place? How many of those people have kids? And I was looking at Foundry and I was looking at how many people were still out there. And I was like, we're not doing enough yet. Like there's still more to be done because there's still all of these kids out here. And so I've always been drawn to, yeah, great. There's people here, but now how do we get more people here? Ah, mm, Celine Dion. And so I really just started to press in. It's happening to what my heart was telling me to continue to go on. Baby. <laughs> but I also realized the ship was sinking. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just trying to connect the dots. Uh, yeah, the well ship done. was not yeah. sinking. Um, so I, so I've always been drawn to that. Like, mm-hmm. how do we, how, how can we reach people? Like, um, and, and so we started to do a lot of different things. I gave up student ministries because of eh, kids, mm-hmm. right? And so. But we were growing. Like we we're at this point, we were doing a Saturday night service. We were doing mm-hmm. three on Sunday, and so we're at four services. And I'm doing Wednesday. You're having nights. to narrow your job. So it's like we've got to, yeah, we've got to cut this down. And so we did that. Um, and then John was like, "You should probably do Fight Club now too." And I was like, "Okay, let's let's do Fight Club." So we started doing Fight Club. Initially, you were like, "I don't have time." I did initially and, say that, and yes. also I don't really like dudes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Not that you prefer to women's Bible study. You right. just like that's not my scene. Yeah, yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, especially in Buckley. Yeah, gotcha. where it's like I, I've never hunted a day in my life. Like, what am I again? I'm the problem here. What am I? What possibly could I offer to anyone? I always like that still follows to this day. But um, so it was that more than like. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't like dudes. It's just like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know how to interact with these guys. Like they see me singing on stage, and then yeah, they don't always respond. Um, and so, but we started this. Uh, we started Fight Club, uh, a group. We did it upstairs. I'm pointing mm-hmm. upstairs here in T1. Um, our group met there. Had a few dudes that were involved in that, and uh, then we brought in some more guys into that. Um, some soccer coaches were involved in that group um and uh so we did that then we went to t2 when we started doing fight club in there then we met in the green room but i was like we should do it somewhere else like Mm -hmm. there's another spot where where i think guys would be able to meet at the time my buddy ram still does has his tattoo shop and uh he was coming to the tab and i was like why don't we do a fight club in his tattoo shop. I mean, what's more manly than getting tattoos while we studied the Bible, which <laughs> happened one time. Uh, Ram tattooed a guy while we were doing it. So we started meeting at, mm-hmm. at, there, and I was like, okay, this is, I can get behind, like, this is way cool. Not yeah. that I couldn't get behind no. what was happening in the church. You know no. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but this, this, this is my, right. Th- this is the avenue in which I want to go yeah. down. And so we started this fight club group and uh, we start we started getting dudes in there who had no idea who Jesus was, uh, military veterans. All of a sudden, and this is exactly what I was hoping for that 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 feeling of walking into a church for the first time 
no matter who you are, uh, maybe this is just an introvert thing for me, but walking into a church scares the crap out of me still to this day. I don't, I don't like the feeling if it's a new church. Like mm-hmm. if it's, if I'm visiting a church, it's like, uh, I don't know the handshake. I don't know the thing as, as cool as we make it. It's still uncomfortable for me. And I knew that was probably the case for some guys. And and when you walk into a, a church building, and we've done tremendous things to make that not be the case, especially here. So I'm not dogging the tab at all. So, but what I've, especially growing up, is you've got to say the right thing. You you have to clean yourself up, wear your suit and tie, like look the part, do the thing. And and I think that's just an American thing. Like you go to church, you dress up. As much as we try to push against that, as we, as much as we possibly can, it's still a thing. So we started this this fight club thing um, in the tattoo shop and guys just started showing up um, that uh, typically wouldn't come to church. Um, didn't know who Jesus was. A bunch of military veteran guys uh, just checking out what's, what's going on. One dude decided to start showing up because he had been cheating on his girlfriend a, a bit and his girlfriend's mom told him you need to Somehow she worked with an organization that we supported and like all the dots connected and we're like, you need to go over to this fight club thing at, at this tattoo shop. And so Ram's tattoo shop is above a brewery, um, downtown and the guy, I was late this, this time showing up and the guy, he's like six four two twenty five, like he's solid as a rock. And, uh, I wasn't there yet. So he starts walking around the brewery asking all these different dudes where Fight Club is. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, I don't know. Man. You know, and he finally found it. But this was a guy who had no idea who Jesus was, like was an addict for a really long time, um, still was. And, and, and all of a sudden, we're going through the Gospel of Mark at the time, and uh, we were doing like sermon-based questions and stuff. And so he's like, He's into it, and he's like, man, I just can't wait until Easter to hear what this story actually is. Uh, came to service for the very first time on Christmas Eve, loved it, and then started coming to church every Sunday uh, at, at that point. And so we're starting to see guys get plugged in. We're starting to see—we started running out of room at the tattoo shop. We're getting restaurant owners coming in, bringing in really good food for us, and they're getting their lives changed. And And I'm just like, holy cow. This is way awesome. There's like, at one point, we had 26 dudes in this small tattoo shop. And that was the one thing I wish I would have changed is once we got to like 15, like, let's split up. Mm-hmm. Because then it just, it it was too much. Um, but the ego side of me was like, no, 26, keep on to that number. Like, let's just keep talking about that. And uh, yeah, but it, it proved to me that I could do ministry in a place that wasn't necessarily a traditional church building. Um, and so that was probably where the seed got plant replanted. Uh, cause like I said before, I wanted to do a church and a brewery before, but it just wasn't the right time. Um, but that was never, it, it just never really clicked. Um, and then, uh, so Leah's going through her stuff. We're getting really busy, continually busy. Um, here, with Saturdays night services, um, Sunday morning, everything else in between. And, uh, there was a lot going on <laughs> in that time frame, um, within the, our, our staff and, and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot. And, uh, I went out to Colorado to blaze 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the peyote? The, yeah, there was no marijuana consumption. No, no, but every no. time I think of Colorado, that's what I think of. Um, because the first thing that happened when I went to Colorado once, there was a guy at a gas station and it was like one of those really old gas stations that still had the windy things and I'm pumping my gas. He had to wait for me to pump his and he's just sitting on his truck and he's like, you blaze, man. This was before <laughs> marijuana was legal anywhere except Colorado. And I was like, I don't know what you mean, but I don't think so. <laughs> is that is that like Colorado like Owana? Bonfire? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so I go to Colorado. Trail. Yeah, yeah, I go to Colorado and meet with Rob Cup, and uh, which is a friend of John's. And um, at the time, there was a position opening up in Manistee for the campus pastor position, and I had submitted like, "Hey, I might be interested in this position, but I'm not operations or management. Like, that's not that's not my gig." Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm, I might be interested in this at the same time. I, I felt really strongly about Traverse city too. Like I just knew I wanted to be somewhere where there was a couple of things to do, um, in a city. Uh, and so I'm, I, I meet with Rob. Uh, I talk on the phone with my wife that like, this was the day before we left. and. Uh, we're weighing our options that morning. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be the campus pastor in Manistee. I don't think that's where God's calling me. I think we're supposed to go to Traverse City. Now, at the time, I was thinking, like, not away from the tab, but with the tab, like, let's do this together. And so I I called my wife, and I was like, I, I don't think we're supposed to take the Manistee position. And she was like, yeah, I know. I don't think that either. And I was like, okay, great. So it's Traverse City then. <laughs> and she's like, I guess it is. And I was like, all right. And so then it was trying to figure out how all of that would work. And um, yeah. And again, it was one of those things where it's just you, uh, I, I was too naive again to just like, hey, here's what we're thinking. And um not really thinking through any of it, but just this is what we feel the next step is. And so, uh, yeah, that all led to, and then a year later, COVID hit. and Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's the COVIDs. Yeah. The fall. Yes. The fall, <laughs> the fall of civilization. Yeah. So it was yeah. a long, slow process, but it was a continual yeah. calling. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. That was, and, for, and from our side, it was... Um, like there's love from us for Brian and Leah, but there's a part of, and I've told you this, there was a part of me that's just frustrated. Mm -hmm. It's like, why can't you just be happy here? Yeah. Why do you got to break up the band, man? <laughs> you know, uh, that was all flesh. It was a hundred percent all flesh and, um, like wanting you to do like, here's the tension. I want you to do what God wants you to do, mm -hmm. but daggone it, why can't God make you do what I want you to do, yeah. which is just be here, be a part of this team, because you, you've made us so much better. I mean, you, you revolutionized us in so many ways, from production to creative arts to the way we do things, the way we approach a ser service, even the way lead pastors are supposed to plan. I know you say you're not a planner, but you're like, you know, 
be a good idea if I kind of know before the night before <laughs> what you're preaching on, you know. And Vicky's taking that to a whole nother level. She's right. like so demanding. She's like, I need three months in advance. She's killing yeah. me in a great way. Like I have been pushed by every worship leader you have, but you were the first one to really push that way. Right. And it was so good. But um, there was never any animosity. There was, at right. least from my end, there was yep. never, it was more like, you know, there was a reason there were tears yeah. at the annual meeting when we said goodbye. We first played the Celine Dion yep. song, but it's like, uh, yeah, Brian is going to preach. He's going to do the, you know, the community stuff. He's going to have, uh, he's going to play in a church, which is the, besides being an overseas missionary, those are about the two hardest things you can do in ministry. Mm. They just take it right out of you. Yeah. And I remember telling you, dude, you're about to be the punching bag. Yeah. And you were like, bring it on. No, yeah. you were, no, you were like okay. very prepared yeah you were very prepared and and, and we've was, kept a friendship the whole deal yeah. with our us our families our right. wives the whole deal Leah's like my little sister if i had one yeah you know so yeah and 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 part of that too so part of the tension we were feeling was um this isn't a humble brag thing or like this isn't like self-deprecating or any anything like that i knew i had taken the the creative arts team the worship team to about as far as i could take it as far like where my skill set ended, like I knew it had to go. Like I, I know I talk about this. Like I was the one slowing it down. Like I wasn't going to be the one to take it to that next level. I knew that, I, and I knew that preaching was supposed to be like the next thing for me. Like I just, I really wanted to preach, and uh, and so when when Matt and Vicky came in, I remember, I remember it was one weekend where uh, I I got to preach. They were leading worship. And it was just like clear as day. It was like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, like they need to take over uh, right now. And then when I, when it was at uh, Isabel's wedding when they played there. And I was like, oh my word. Like this needs to happen soon. Uh, and so like that was, and that was a beautiful transition too. Um Staff transitions don't always go well, Mm-mm. especially when you're bringing in new staff and you're still there. So I worked yeah. with Victoria for a year, not that I was planning on leaving in that year, but uh, then when we brought Matt on too, like it, the the transition was so seamless yeah. that it was it was they just were easy. they were highly involved as volunteers, yeah, for sure, yep. on your team, yep. And then when you're going, yep, you're like, hey, these are the ones, yeah. And I'm like, but I don't want them to be the ones, yeah. But now you know, but you look back years later, and it's like, oh, that kind of made sense yep yep you you just got to make room to to for other people to take over so john i'm coming back <laughs> as your co-lead pastor <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> to get that approved you can do about it. <laughs> there's nothing you could do about i think it. if it's on the podcast it's it's just what it has to be. Rumor has it. You were going to, that's fake. It was, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> so, my question is what's God teaching you now? Restoration Church, we're two years into planting this thing. You meet in a brewery. Um, we've had some convos. I know that some of the early pink mist of, yeah, it's going to be church planting is a great, yeah. you know, some of the reels have set in. Right. Uh, but you're still plugging away and God's using your church and, and, and the people there in a in a big way i think mm-hmm. uh and uh um yeah so like what's he teaching you right now cuz he's always changing us R- right yeah um 
what he's teaching me right now is uh, we need to be laser focused on uh, the gospel and staying true to the gospel and teaching sound biblical theology mm. to the church. Um, it blows my mind how many different theologies are out there amongst the church that are adding things in. Yeah, false gospels. False gospels, putting things in there. It's it's why we're going through Galatians right now. It's because it's like, oh my word. We're doing it we, again. Yeah. yeah. We, like, you, wait, you believe what? And so it's, it's, it's so, I mean, it's so easy, but it's so central to the church is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. Uh, that's what Paul talks about over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Like, let's bring it to the gospel, and we could just camp on the gospel week after week after week and what Jesus has done. So for me, like, it's just, let's teach that. And uh, that's the biggest thing I'm learning. See, so this is what I've always loved about you and um, your heart and your passion for ministry. Um, and I didn't ask you to say that. We didn't prep that. We didn't plan that. We don't plan anything on this podcast except who's coming on next week or tomorrow or in five minutes. But um, so, so the Christian ghetto person that goes to your website or hears about, oh, there's this cool hip church in Traverse called Restoration that meets in a brewery. Mm -hmm. They must be dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You, it was slightly different ghettos on different parts of Brooklyn, but you and I grew up in the same Christian ghetto, right? Baptist, Wesleyan, whatever. And I know that's what I, that's how church people think. That's generally that's a stereotype, but it's a it's a pretty accurate general stereotype. The majority of people are going to be saying, "Well, you know what they're going to be like." Well, you just heard it right here from the lead pastor. He's saying what God is continually showing you. It wasn't something new. It's something you began with, but he's yeah he's reminding you daily. Sound doctrine. Same thing Paul said to Timothy. Same thing he's saying to me. Same thing he's saying to you. Same thing we just went to a conference with Alistair Begg to talk about. Sound doctors, Jesus at the center, gospel, gospel, gospel. Yeah. Because there's all these false gospels. Yeah. You know, I, I was reading an article, and I think I mentioned it in one of the services here a couple of weeks ago. There's there's social justice gospel. Yep. There is my sexual preference gospel. Yep. There is my comfort gospel. There's prosperity gospel. There's no performance based gospel. There there's all these. There's political gospel that we have to, you know, change, you know, enact change with the Constitution, take back America, yeah. you know, and all these false gospels. Just get it back to Jesus and what He said and what it was about. Yep. And so, for people to get, because we have a shtick too. And when I say a shtick, I, I don't mean that. I don't mean to diminish stuff, but our shtick is, you know, we're going to be the barbarian yep. church in the land of misfit toys. You know that are that are the Oakland Raiders of traditional church ministry, right? Your shtick is going to be uh, okay. Our environment is going to be a brewery. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be more interactive. That you know we're going to get real involved in the community. But yeah. guess what? Gospel doctrine, Jesus, laser focus. Right. Same deal. The, the, yeah, the gospel of Jesus is what drives us to do everything. And so whether whether you're super involved in the community or you're doing another thing, it's all stemming from the gospel. It doesn't stem from anything else. You want social justice? Okay, 
let it stem from the gospel, though, first. Like, what did Jesus say about it, and how can you do social justice through the lens of the gospel? Don't make it the other way around, where we try to fit Jesus into our causes and what we're doing. I mean, uh, it, it's it's the, the 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 what never changes. The how can change, right? Completely. Like the right. how changes all the time. Hopefully, right. uh, because if we're not changing how we're doing things, then right, we're probably. So, so, so we're in this series, uh, right now at the tab, uh, depending on when you're listening to it, but the series when we record is called blood, sweat and tears and has to do with just the foundational elements, basics of the gospel. Very first message was that we're saved by grace alone through faith alone. That's how we're saved. And it's, and it's, we're saved by grace through faith, no buts, period. Yeah. Very second message out of the gate preached by Benjamin Buttons Brown was uh yes but faith without works is dead yeah and so we hear that faith without works is dead but i think back to your point when you flip that works without faith is dead and that's what all these false gospels if they get it backwards i mean it's really it's faith and works have to happen together but when someone's more about the work than they are about the faith that's a sort of death too that's when you get a church it's all about performance or all about prosperity or all about whatever your issue is the social justice or your sexual preference and you're just twisting scripture to make it fit what you want to do in the world all these works and that faith and there's no you know there's nothing really transformative about that so, right yeah yeah totally um uh, i just lost my train of thought honestly when you were talking i thought about wearing flip-flops on stage so. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Britain, get us back on track here, man. No, yeah. I agree. Um, I think that uh, I loved what you said about the what never changes. And I think that often people decide whether they're going to follow the what based off the how. Yeah. And that's such a backwards way to, to follow Jesus, because at the end of the day, if it's not the gospel that's brought you there, then that's not going to be the how will never keep you. Right. Because when the how changes, you start to associate that with the character of Jesus or, um, and so I think that the centric piece of all faith has to be centered on the gospel because that's the only thing that's going to keep you there Mm -hmm. in the midst, especially in a world, um, like we live in today where everything is changing so often. And, and ultimately I think what it boils down to is the church is going to let you down no matter what church you go to, right? Whether it be the tabernacle or first Baptist Lowell or restoration or whatever that looks like that church is a church being led by broken, sinful people, yep. but our goal is to drive people to a perfect Savior that's brought redemption into the world through relationship with him, through his bloodshed and resurrection and ascension into heaven. And so I think that when people build any type of identity or purpose or relationship on anything that's not central to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's where we find people being ultimately let down in a really, really deep, uh, uh, hurtful way. And I think that a ton of the deconstruction we see today, a ton of the the church hurt that we see today, I think if you were to get down to the nuts and bolts, to to, to the core of those issues, yeah. it would be a system that let them down, not a savior. That's right. And yeah. so I think that that's, as, as churches especially, um, just the churches that are at this table, and I think anybody that's listening that's a part of a church that isn't one of our two, but but bringing it back to the Savior. Yeah. Every week in and week out, when people leave the doors, they have to understand it's not the system, it's the Savior. And right. I think that if you're building a community that's centered on Christ alone, then uh, then you can kind of fail. Yeah. And people, there's grace involved in that. There's mercy involved in that. And you can take risks. Um, you can you can do a lot of different things when you're built and your foundation is on Christ. 
um, because at the end of the day, your system isn't what's keeping people. It's it's not what's keeping people in their relationship with Christ. It's the fact that they've come close to the Savior. Yep. And so uh, I think uh, uh, the best way I've ever heard it articulated was um, to, to, to lead in ministry. You want to be better known for the wells that you dug rather than the fences that you built. Yeah. And so it's just this idea of, of how do we take people to a deep Christ-centered relationship that isn't just something they experience when they are a part of um, a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Thursday or whatever else you had to go to, right? But it's one that in the midst of all of that, it was your relationship with Christ that kept you, yep. right? In the unemployment, when you're building grade stones, yeah. it was your personal relationship with Jesus that kept you. It's It was never the system, right? It was your right. personal relationship with Jesus. Totally. That's what I'm hearing yeah. come out of this story. Yeah. That's what led to restoration being planted is it was your personal relationship with Christ, right? It wasn't systems. It's your personal relationship with Christ. And so I think for anybody that's listening to this, um, I, I think doing a spiritual inventory, right? That's a mm-hmm. getaway to say it is important though, of why do you do what you do? That's something Ben challenged us with this week is, uh, serving is awesome. Why? Yeah. Right. Being a part of the tabernacle or restoration is awesome. Why? why? Yeah. Why are you there? Why are you doing what you're doing? Because if what's it's, your motivation, right? Yeah. yeah. Because and if it's not built on Christ, then, then ultimately those things are going to let you down. Totally. I, um, were you going to say something? Okay. Uh, yeah, the we get a lot of um, people who claim to be church hurt. Uh, I think everybody does, but um, uh, for church. some reason, at the the church hurt me. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Hold me. <laughs> so weird. here's 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 so the weird. deal. Here's what I've been telling people because we're getting a lot of those people in the brewery because they they're all like, oh yeah, the American church, right? Like that's that that they're they're the worst. And I was like, no, no. They're not. They're not the worst. Actually, there's a lot of good that's happening in the church right now. But specifically, why do you feel that way? Like, let's get to to the bottom of this. Don't just put a blanket statement over. Oh, the the, the Western Church. I just hate the Western Church and what it stands for and what it's doing. It's like, okay, what do you mean exactly? Because we're doing all of the exact same things. We're we're very very similar. The only difference is we just don't have a building right now. So, what's what is it about the Western Church that you don't like? And let's get to like name it. Because it always probably boils back to either a person or some sort of program that hurt you. Yep. It wasn't the church that hurt you. It was a person or 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 a something. Can I add one thing to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. Are you sure? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. A person hurt you. A program. Yeah. Or what I've experienced, or somebody told you the truth. D- yeah. Absolutely. Somebody yeah. told you the truth about you yeah. and your sin. Totally. And that hurt your feelings. Yep. They told me I was an alcoholic. Yeah. They told me that I you know, it was probably a good idea that I dropped my girlfriend since I'm married. Yeah. You know, and, right. and they were mean in how yep. they said it. Yep. Sorry. And we get those people. Uh, yeah. yeah. And those people come to the brewery thinking like what you thought before, like, or what people would think before, like, oh, it's a church and a brewery. They're probably cool with everything. Right. Because that's kind of every, all the research I did when I, which wasn't a lot, but the little <laughs> bit that I did looking into, like, is this actually a feasible thing? Like, has anybody ever done a church and a brewery before? There's been a couple, but everyone that I found, one, they were just using it because they were actually a really awesome church down in Texas, but they were, they were, they were only using it because it was available to them. It wasn't planned. Um, the other one was in Seattle. And uh, it was Seattle, so Super it, progressive. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So they're like, yeah, whatever you want to feel and believe is good. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so there's a space here where we can be very, very gospel centric, 
that's the only thing that matters and uh, teach good theology and be in this space. So when people show up uh, expecting kind of like that gospel light or whatever, like just just believe whatever, just a good feeling spirituality type of church, and then they come into a, a series that's just called Jesus, uh, then they're like, oh, I guess this is not what I thought it was. Now they can either stay or find a church that's going to. Yeah. So just from the perspective over here, um, like what are some wins that you've found in, like we're in a space that people aren't expecting this, but then we're still going to preach Christ crucified. We're going to speak to sin. We're going to preach the true gospel. Like, has there been some cool redemption stories in the midst of that, of people showing up and then realizing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a big one is, uh, and this is this might come as a surprise, but uh, we're getting quite a few people that are realizing they're alcoholics mm-hmm. um, that are coming to the brewery for church. Who knew? And yeah, so so that's a big thing. Um, I don't know if they just feel like they can share it because right. they're in. I, I don't know what it is exactly, but there's a lot of people who are, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a few that are realizing that, oh, I need to make changes in my life because of, yeah. I, I see their relationship with alcohol and I see mine and mine's different. Yeah. And so I need to change that. So um, that's one thing. Uh, just this last week, um, we... <laughs> There, there was a benefit right after the service for some dude who had cancer and, or has cancer. And so um, leading up to it, I asked if they wanted us to provide the sound system and the backdrop because we do this whole thing in the brewery now. And they thought that was great. And so I was able to um, provide the sound system for them. Uh, they were supposed to have a sound guy show up, but one of the band members that was going to be playing at the gig told the sound guy he was off the hook because I was there, but the guy (laughs) never talked to me. So like, I guess I'm running sound for this thing. But then I got to have conversation after conversation after conversation with all of these people who were there from the band, uh, organizers that were like, Oh, so you're, you're a pastor at this church that meets here. And I'm like, yep. And so we got to, I've got to share the gospel with bartenders with, um, all the wait staff, like they all know my name now. And so we're building these, these, connections in the community um there's been some wait staff that have been coming to church now so it's just been like that's what's really cool, Very cool. yeah that's awesome man yeah so kind of just like a theme this is like we kind of try to rope in the the change life story with uh like what have we seen through this and i think ultimately was just through your change life story like this resounding thing that i've heard is god just proving to you that he's enough in the midst of whatever doubts you might have about yourself or about your gifts, your abilities, but you just see God keep showing up and putting you in situations and in spaces and places where he's going to prove to you that he's enough. And so I think that that's just been really cool. And I appreciate your faithfulness to keep stepping into those spaces, even though there might be a doubt or a, a lack of a plan or whatever that might be. But it's just cool seeing your faithfulness to trust that, no, God's in this and I'm going to say yes to him and let him be the one that's impressive. And I think that's just so cool. And uh, and it just gives a beautiful picture to to what faith and and trusting in God is. Uh, so and I do think you're really cool and uh, you're really good at stuff and you should mm. remember that. But we don't have to get into that. Okay, yeah. tell me more, please. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Do you, you have great taste in pizza? Do, do you guys need to hug or something? I thought you guys were gonna have a moment earlier. Oh yeah, so, we were. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a bromance, no question. <laughs> yes, uh, this is my bro. Brian is my bro. Love yeah, it. So. Oh. 
I don't know. Anything for closing, John? No, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks do you, for do you, me. Do you like brats? Yeah. Bro. You ever have had you, a, yeah, go for it. You ever had a Dublin store brat? N- no. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you right now, Dublin store makes brats, and the, you probably need to go there. Down, way down? Dublin like General Store. The place store. that burned well, down? Yeah, it's now reopened. Okay. Nicer than ever. Their jalapeno cheddar brat. Yeah. I had a jalapeno cheddar brat in the green room a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was life-changing. There was also, now, I have not had the blueberry. I haven't either. There's a blueberry brat. I'm just intrigued. I like brats. I like blueberries. Let's see. There's you like know? over 30 different brats there, I think. It was ridiculous. It was jalapeno. So there was a cheddar and baked potato yep. brat, which was amazing. And then I had the cheddar and jalapeno, which was amazing. And so- there's no free shout outs and they know it. They no know free it. Shout outs. Yeah, they know it. So we're just yeah, if you like brats, I'm just I'm just saying. Is there anything you want to know free shout out? Is there anything I want to know for a shout out? No. You give no free shout outs. Oh, we give no a shout out shout-outs. and then oh, yeah. So um, like so like we gotta give it up for a certain bro. Uh oh yeah. 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 Uh we, we spoke a few <laughs> I don't remember. We spoke out of turn about golf and it, our brother in laws and yeah. yeah. Crystal Mountain, Crystal Mountain Golf, we love you. We'll be coming to see you. <laughs> we'll be coming to see you. <laughs> oh. You know who you are. Mundo's, I think, at this point, needs to give you free coffee. Wh- hey, Mundo's, where are you at? Yeah. This is Brian Williams. This he's probably half the reason doing, you're still- oh, He's doing the Lord's work in there. He's doing the Lord's work One in Mundo's. coffee at a time. Also, you know if you go to Mundo's, there's two things <laughs> are going to happen. One, you're going to get some <laughs> delicious coffee, yes. right? Probably three things. Two, you're going to have a selection of plants you can buy. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. And other local art. Oh, yeah. art, art, art. And three, Brian Williams is going to be there or have already been there. That's true. Is and that safe to all say? All of that is true. Is and that four. your daily I was coffee? There this morning. Is that a daily coffee run for you? Know, you? Um, or almost daily? Uh, I, How many days a week? It used to be. Uh, it, oh, yeah. That's right. You moved. Okay. Well, no, I didn't move. I love Mondo's. Okay. I'll never betray. No, Mondo's. not but oh, no, it you used physically to be, but it's like no, your house. Oh, no, 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 we're closer to Mondo's now. Oh, nice. No. Okay. Um we 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 recently are able to use uh another building um in the Traverse City area gotcha. for like offices and all that kind of stuff. So for those of us keeping track, that's buildings 2 for restoration rent 0. Nice. Uh, <laughs> well played. If you want any real estate moguls want to know how I made that work, um Tell me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. But, Buildings to yeah, rent yeah. zero. Uh, yeah. So so now that we have that, like we didn't have office space or anything. So it was like, oh, uh, you want to counsel and talk about your life and everything that's going on since childhood? Let's meet at a coffee shop and yeah, <laughs> figure yeah. out what's going yeah. on. Uh, so I frequent there a little bit less. It was at least a daily, sometimes a couple times. Oh, but wow. Because I would have a meeting in the morning and then somebody wanted to meet in the afternoon and I was like, oh. I guess we're going back to the coffee shop, and uh, yeah, so that was getting expensive. Gotcha. So the, if they gave you free coffee, though, if they gave you could probably go there more. Yeah, yeah I would, probably. I mean, so Mondo's, if you're listening, yeah. just saying. No free shout-outs. Uh-oh. No free shout-outs, Just to answer everyone's question, we are a rock and roll church. Have you heard Blood, Sweat, and Tears <laughs> opening? Ah, this is the true. intro, about to start a mosh pit in there every Sunday. Nice. Nice. You heard it there first. Yep. Wanted to answer We are. Question. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> you were wondering. Yeah. Sweet. What kind of church is the tabernacle? <laughs> uh, you were the one that brought the wall of sound to uh, the tab. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you it's were in fault. the wars there. 
Rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. That's yeah. for you, Vicky. Yeah, Love it. it's a rock and roll. We're going to turn it Let's up to Let's all try our British accents uh, right now on the count of three. See, this amp goes up to 11. <laughs> I'm turning it up to 11. Love it. Uh, well, Brian, you up north redneck, you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you sir. You OG legit. I'm the least of the redneck appreciate tribe. Appreciate you, man. But mm. I appreciate you yeah, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. You'll be back. You'll be back. There's other stuff we should probably talk about. Okay. Yeah. We'll think of it whenever you get here. All right. And All next right. time you need to up your game on where the no free shout outs are coming from. Yeah. Because when you give the shout out, then, then you say there's no free shout outs. That means. Now they have to give you something. They're obligated. They don't have to. It's legally binding. It's, it's actually between them and the Lord. <laughs> yeah. This is our prosperity gospel <laughs> light over here. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the different restaurants and stuff that I would love to get Charles some free and Reed. food. Oh, gosh. Can we get Charles and Reed? Yeah, I don't you know. know free who, shout outs. Who are those guys? Pizza. Detroit style pizza. Uh, best pizza in Traverse City. It is the best Hot pizza. Hot take. You, you heard it here yeah. right oh, now. Wow. <laughs> okay. Love it. Well, Go Brian, thank Charles you. And Reed, Mondo's, and um, if you're able. Brats. Right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, until next time, Tab Family, this is Brian, Benji, John, and Britton signing off. Thank you.